And this morning, I want to introduce our speaker, Amelia. So let's uh, give a warm welcome to Amelia as she comes to preach. Thank you, Mike. My name is Amelia, and I'm the River Kids or Children's Programs Director here at the River. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm glad that you are here, too. Does anyone remember the heat wave that we had about a couple of weeks ago when it was sticky, hot, and humid? Maybe you remember waiting in the train station, in a crowded train station, and then you felt that slight breeze coming from the tunnel, hoping for a train to come, only to skip your station? That's really annoying, right? That would make anyone grumpy. I would be grumpy. Well, it reminded me of a memory about my daughter when she was about three years old. It was another summer day, and we were waiting for the bus outside, under the sun. So I remembered feeling sweaty, impatient, and very grumpy. So when our bus finally arrived, we quickly got on it. And then my daughter began to sing. No particular song. If you know her, she liked to make up songs as she goes. And it went something like this. Oh, I'm so happy. It's such a good day. I cannot be more happy. This is the best day ever. So I look at her and I was amazed. Really? The best day ever? How do I get in on some of that? Her joy was so infectious. And it shifted my emotion and perspective in the moment. And my trip became a more pleasant experience. My daughter was tuning in into a different kind of frequency. Although she was in the bus with me, she was living a different kind of reality. We tend to think that we need our conditions to be good, to feel good. We say things like, I know I have made it in life if this happens or that happens to me when I make my millions. Uh, when I meet that special someone, when my body is healed, when my kids are grown, when I get that promo promotion, or when I retire, I would have more time, I would be happier. But is this really true? Is there really a time where we would feel truly content and satisfied. We always have something to pursue, something to long for, don't we? It's a part of being human. It's a part of living in this world. We believe that better days are always ahead of us and not today. But if we continue to practice this discontent and dissatisfied, dissatisfied way, I wonder if we will ever get to that place, 
if we keep noticing the flaws of our situation and we keep focusing on fixing them, perfecting them, will we be able to recognize, to appreciate, and enjoy a good thing when it comes? And religion does not always help, um, at least in the way that I used to believe it. There were some hymns and worship songs that I used to sing in my younger years. Some of you may be familiar with these lyrics. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us. When you believe that the world is broken and filled with devils, you would anxiously waiting for these days and this world to end. You may have your guard up and set yourself apart from the world, separated from others. And what about lyrics such as this one? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin deep within. When we kept hearing about our sinful nature, how dirty we are inside, and how wretched and in need to be safe we are, it's impossible not to worry. It's impossible not to feel disheartened. Among many other feelings, and of course, fear. It took many years for me to realize the impact of these beliefs, to process, to deconstruct what I used to believe about the world, about God, about myself, about other people. And I'm still on that journey of relearning and rediscovering. Thankfully, there are some stories that I found to be inspiring and helpful in my journey and my reflection. One of the greatest stories of transformation in the Bible is the story of Apostle Paul, or otherwise known as Saul. Saul was a religious zealot. He was a member of the Pharisees, the Hebrew of Hebrews a strict sect within Judaism. Saul participated in the persecution of the early Christians and was responsible for the arrest and death of many Jesus' followers. Saul traveled far and wide in pursuit of his religious and political ideals. But on his journey to Damascus, with a mandate from the high priest on his hand to arrest more of Jesus' followers and bring them home for questioning and possible executions, Saul encountered Jesus. For three days, Saul was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. And when he was healed, he could see again. He was changed. 
from someone who was fanatical and uncompromising about Judaism to someone who now called himself the apostle of the Gentiles. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. From someone whose mission was to put terror in the hearts of Jesus' followers wherever he went, to someone who became a symbol of resilience and perseverance. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. From someone who was very much about protecting God's law, abolishing threats and heretics, and preserving, preserving traditions to someone who is now very much about the internal life. Therefore, we are not discouraged. Rather, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again. Rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, on the outside, Saul or by this time known as Paul, continued to be a fiery, passionate, and persuasive individual. Still traveling far and wide, but this time preaching the gospel of Jesus. But the real journey, the real transformation of Paul was internal. Paul made a journey to come back to God to reconnect to the source that was deep inside of him. Paul realized that God was always near all this time. So because God was so accessible to him, he no longer felt the need to fix, manipulate, or control conditions. Some may assume that when someone is so content on the inside, they would be more passive because they're less likely to be triggered or motivated by conditions. Some may say contentment makes you complacent. Well, that's not the case with Paul because from within himself, the love, the joy, and the hope came bursting out. They cannot be contained. They must be shared. Paul's letters or epistle make up about one-third of the New Testaments and are the first of Christian theological writing, the source of much of Christian doctrines, 
his internal experience, his journey to come back to the source, to God, did not only change him, but changed the external environment. It changed the world. It was due to Paul, more than anyone else, that Christianity became a world religion. Another great story of transformation that I am so eager to share with you today is that of Etty Hillesem. Etty was a Dutch Jewish woman who lived during the German occupation of Amsterdam. It was through her letters and diaries that we learn about her journey of transformation from a chaotic, emotionally confused young woman to being a luminous, even radiant present in Westerbork, the transit camp where the Dutch Jews were sent and where she volunteered to go to care for the needy and the more vulnerable. Unlike Paul, her journey to faith did not begin from a doctrinized belief. Etty was never interested in institutionalized religion. Her journey was a secular one. Etty spent six years in the university and was qualified in law before she was made to leave. But like Paul, Etty showed us how to remain true to our loving selves under the pressure of persecution and humiliation. Etty wrote, When you have an interior life, it certainly doesn't matter what side of the prison fence you're on. I've already died a thousand times in a thousand concentration camps. I know everything. There's no new information to trouble me. And yet, I find this life beautiful and rich in meaning at every moment. Like Paul, Etty was able to have a full appreciation of life despite her conditions. Etty also discovered that everything she needed was already within reach. Etty said, the externals are simply so many props. Everything we need is within us. Sometimes the most important thing in a whole day is the rest we take between two deep breaths or turning in words in prayer for five short minutes. Now, although Etty might seem to have a rich internal life. She also did not keep this to herself. She was not a hermit. In Westerbork, she supported the sick and worked with the Jewish resistance smuggling children into saver hiding. The brutality of genocide could not defeat the love, the peace, the joy, the happiness, respect and dignity that she had for her fellow human beings. And he said, ultimately, we have just one moral duty, to reclaim large areas of peace in ourselves. 
more and more peace and to reflect it toward others. And the more peace there is in us, the more peace there will be in our troubled world. Etty became the change that she wanted to see in the world. When Etty and her family were sent away by train to Auschwitz, the largest Nazi concentration and extermination camp, they left their transit camp singing. They knew what was going to happen, yet they were singing. Even though Etty and her family did not survive the Holocaust, she triumphed over it. Deconstructing what we have believed for a long time can feel scary. But we take on this journey not because we could avoid it. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mike talked about how the divine is like water. There's no beginning and there's no end. It is around us and it's within us. It is your home before your birth and after your death. So becoming a new kind of Christian is not so much about making the journey from A to B. In fact, it almost feels like making a journey to come back home, to a place where we feel truly connected to the one that has always been there from the very beginning. This is why my three-year-old daughter was much more able to tune in to the divine flow of well-being than I. She was closer to it. She was less jaded as I was, and she was closer to home. And when the divine in you becomes your home, your absolute, your constant, then you become an unconditional being. So my practical suggestion, number one, is you can feel good without good conditions today. And it's not just about positive thinking. It's about taking care of what you feel inside. It is about reestablishing contact with a slice of eternity that is inside all of us. Recently, I've developed a night routine. Now, this may sound a bit conditional, but please bear with me for a while. After I send my kids off to bed at night and close my bedroom door, I would light a scented candle and dim the light in my room. I'm creating a condition so that I can wind down from the day and go to a place where I can be truly quiet. I've learned that, for me, having a scent or smell to focus on as I close my eyes shifted my mind from repetitive thoughts and overthinking 
to a place of comfort and well-being. When I focus my mind on the sand, how it makes me feel, how it comforts me, how peaceful this moment is, how blessed I am to be here. When I'm really savoring being present with God, when I am in this appreciative mode, Listening and receiving from God can be much easier. For some people, they may prefer a gentle music playing in the background. Or maybe it is taking a nice long walk for you. For Etty, her remedy was to crouch huddled up on the ground in a corner and listen to what is going on inside of her. She said, thinking may be fine and noble in academic studies, but we can't think our way out of emotional difficulty when we make ourselves passive and just listen. We reconnect with the divine, with God. And this is something that anyone can do Because no matter what happened to you that day, no matter the conditions, that place inside of you is always there for you to go to. And when you do this often enough, you practice feeling good. You practice feeling appreciative, feeling abundant, feeling loved. You will nurture a sense of well-being that is no longer dependent on external conditions. Practical suggestion number two is create the world by being who we are. After his encounter with Jesus, Paul spent some time reflecting He did not eat or drink for three days. Now, I'm not advising you to do that, but it is safe to assume that he did some wandering, some internal journey. The Bible said when Ananias touched Saul's eyes to heal him, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. But this time, the world looks very different. Last week, Pastor Allison talked about how God does not abide by our distinctions between the ordinary and the extraordinary. The presence of the divine is with all kinds of people and in all kinds of places. Well, this is what happened to Saul. He had a new perspective. He wrote, there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free, nor there is male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So, if scales also fall down from our eyes and we could see what God sees in us, in people, 
and in the world. What would this change for us? Would this change the way we treat each other, the way we speak, the way we live? What kind of world we would create? Can you imagine how powerful and impactful we could be? It has been more than 70 years since the death of Etta Hillesim. And we are still reading and learning from her letters and diary. If you could appreciate the meaning of life in the midst of the horror of the Holocaust, if you could see the beauty in humanity, even in the darkest year of the 20th century, then you have truly triumphed over death. You have overcome life. You have changed your world. So, although the journey is internal, the impact is bigger than you. Because what's inside of you cannot be contained within yourself, within your conditions, and within your time frame. When you are joyful, your joy will burst out into the world and begin to shift conditions. When you are loving, your love will touch people and lives. You create the world by being who you are. So, <clears throat> my prayer today for all of us is this. May you continue to be invited to take a deeper journey, to be present and to be at home with the one that refreshes you, satisfies you, and sustains you. May the divine reveal themselves to you in every situation, every encounter, and every place. May your capacity and courage increase day by day to choose joy over resentment, to recognize dignity over humiliation, to promote hope over despair, to exercise love over hatred, to advance peace over war, and to live unconditionally in Christ Jesus. Amen.